just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your weekend is going well. So far, so good from here. You know, as I do TikToks and I do this podcast and some other things I might be doing, inevitably, I will get somebody to come to me and ask for advice. I hate giving advice because I hate taking advice. I don't like advice because it makes no sense. If somebody like me tells you how you should do something, that's ridiculous. Because while it might work for me, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. You're different people. You're in a different situation. Just because it worked for me doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Now, that doesn't mean disregard what people have to say or what they think or their opinions. Quite the opposite. Because while I don't believe in advice, I do believe in information. And I know everybody out there has insights and information that might be valuable to you. So while you should never take advice, you should always get as much information as you can. I know when I was a younger man and I had small kids and I had a house, I didn't have a father that was around that I could ask the obvious questions about plumbing or about handling kids or that sort of thing. But I happened to work in a situation where there were a lot of older guys probably around my dad's age. And I'd always interact with them. And they'd tell me their insights to problems they dealt with when they were younger. And it was helpful to me. Some of them wanted to give me advice. I never took the advice, but I took all the information. Then I used that information to decide what was best for me. And I think that's what everybody should do. People want it handed to them, and it it can't be because everybody's different. But gather that information, respect those people for the knowledge they have, and then once you have it in your head, once you've learned it, use that to your advantage when you make your choice. But you make your choice. Don't allow anybody else to make the choice for you because nine times out of ten, it won't work because it's their thing, not your thing. Now that said, I want to give you (laughs) some advice. And you can take it. I don't expect you to take it fully, but just listen, take in the information and see what you think. And the reason I bring it up is because it kind of applies to a couple of stories that I'm going to talk about today. One of the things I learned when I was very young is that when you react or you get emotional about a decision or an interaction with somebody else, it always goes wrong. Because if you're reacting and you're reacting out of emotion, you're not thinking. You may say things that you don't mean to say, do things that you don't mean to do. You might even burn bridges you don't want to burn because you were reacting, acting out of emotion. I'm mad, so I'm going to scream and yell, and I'm going to say things I shouldn't say because I can't help myself. Well, the fact of the matter is you can. Don't tell me your temper is too bad and you can't control it. You are the one person that can control everything about your mind, body, and soul. You have to want to do it. 
When I was a young man, I had occasion to lose my shit when I got mad because I thought that's the way you did it. But after a number of times of doing that, I realized, wow, it just gets worse when I do that. So I tried to look at it rationally, and uh, I sat back and I said, what if I force myself to just stay calm, think it out, and then deal with the situation based on intelligent choices? So I did that a number of times, and trust me, it's hard. It's hard to hold back your emotions and just look at something critically. But after doing that a number of times, I realized, wow, things go a lot better. I make better choices in doing things if I just stay calm and just do what I do. Just think it out. Make the right choice. Now, it takes some time. You've got to keep doing it. You've got to keep forcing yourself to do it. But over time, eventually it becomes second nature. It works for you. You've done it a million times. Now it's just normally the way you act. If you're one of these people with a bad temper and react out of emotion, that's something you need to change because it won't do any good for you. I know some people, the narcissist, who will get angry and yell and scream. They do that for a purpose. They're trying to intimidate to get you to cave in and do what they want. And maybe that's where I learned it from. I had a father that was a narcissist, and I refused to do what he wanted. So instead of engaging in an argument with them, I kept my cool and just talked. That frustrated the shit out of them. And it helped me to win my case in a lot of situations because I was the one that remained calm. So take that for that for what it's worth. Again, I'm not giving you advice. This is general advice for people. Too many people in this country now are acting out of emotions and they are simply reacting. They're not thinking about what they're doing and it gets them in trouble. They make the wrong choices. They do the wrong things. So if that doesn't work for you, doesn't it make sense? Isn't it rational to say, okay, that doesn't work. It makes things worse. Maybe I should try something different. That's what I did. And it does work for me. And if less people acted out of emotions and just reacted to things, we wouldn't have a number of the problems we have in this country today. And again, I'm going to be talking about that in a couple of situations in the stories I'm talking about today. Now, the first thing, I did a TikTok about this, and I said, uh, this country has a lot of problems, needless to say. I know the Democrats and Joe Biden are doing what they can to fix some of the problems that were left at our feet after the Donald Trump regime. But there's one thing I'm not sure the Bidens and the Democrats can do to fix. And I think it might be our most serious problem. And that is the lack of civility in this country. You know, it's a holiday season. It's a time when traditionally people are happy. They're cooperative. They're deferential. They're cordial. They make an effort to be nice. You get together with your friends, family, neighbors. And there may be some things that you don't agree on, like type of car you drive or how you raise your kids. But at that time, you set it aside. You just enjoy the time because it's the frickin' holidays. But that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen at all anymore. I mean, 
It used to be you'd walk down the street or you'd meet somebody and you'd say, that guy, yeah, that guy has a chip on his shoulder. But now you walk down the street and you see dozens of guys or gals with chips on their shoulder. They look annoyed before you even interact with them. And they're more adversarial than we've seen before. Now, in this country, for years and years and decades, people, for the most part, have been very cautious about confrontations. You know, I know a lot of people that hate confrontations, so they will do anything to avoid it. And that's fine. That's not always good, but I can appreciate it. But now it seems like people are not only not avoiding confrontation, they're out there looking for it. Everybody is so divided, and they're so upset about people who don't think like them. They look at somebody who looks differently or thinks differently than they do, and they can't believe this person has the audacity to be so stupid. So it's in them to want to step up and argue their point, so hopefully they can change your mind. The important thing to understand is, people in this day and age, you can put them together, they can argue for 10 hours. You're not going to change anybody's mind. Especially if you're dealing with Trumplicans and those sorts of people. I don't know if they're brainwashed or whatever, but they're willing to listen to lies, believe lies, and no matter how much you tell them they're wrong, no matter how much you prove that they're wrong, They will not give it up. And in fact, they'll ramp it up. They'll double down and they'll get angry with you and they will fight with you. Now, some people will say, well, Mike, you're very opinionated when it comes to politics and that sort of thing. You must cause some of these problems, too. How dare you talk about this if you're guilty of it yourself? Well, the fact of the matter is, I hope I'm not guilty of it. And it goes back to what I said before, because I don't react out of emotion. I think about what I'm doing. I think about what I'm saying. That's why you never ever see me take back something I've said. Because whenever I'm talking here on the podcast or on TikTok or anywhere else, I think about what I'm going to say. I believe what I'm going to say. And if you want to call me out on it, I will do everything I can to back up what I said. Now, there are occasions when I just get numbers wrong or information wrong. I'll admit that. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. What the hell? I can't possibly be expected to be right 100% of the time, and I have occasion when I'm wrong. But if I'm talking about my belief, I'm going to stand by it no matter what I say. Now, here's what happens. If I'm in a situation like a party for the holidays or something, now when I walk in there, I'm not thinking about talking about politics. I talk about it enough on TikTok and here on uh, the podcast. I don't need to talk about it more. I want to talk about the fun things, grandkids, the holidays, whatever it is. That's what we're there for. We're not there to talk about politics, so let's not talk about politics. I can be cordial, cordial and amenable. There are many people that don't believe like I believe, but we get along fine because we focus on the things that are important, not the peripheral shit when it comes to politics. But in this day and age, when everybody's got a chip on their shoulder, they can't just agree to disagree, that they have to engage you. Now, there are a lot of people I know that 
disagree with what I have to say, and they will seek out the things I say on TikTok or the podcast, which I'm fully entitled to do because, of course, I have my First Amendment right. But for whatever reason, even though they have to seek out that information, they are upset about it. They are angered about it. And when they see me someplace, they'll want to come up and we'll talk cordially at first, just the way it should be. But they can't help themselves. They've got to say something. They've got to give a dig. Now, even if they just dig me, I'll laugh and we'll just go on. But when that doesn't get a reaction, because you see, that's what they want. They want a reaction. And when that doesn't get a reaction, they double down. They push harder. They want you to react. These people think I'm so stupid by by the things I think of that they need to get a reaction and that they can change my mind. Now, I've told these people a million times, you can't change my mind. I'm not listening to you. I'm listening to the facts. And the sources I get them from will give me the facts. I'm basing what I think on that. I disagree with what you say, but I don't care what you think. We don't have to talk about it because I know I can't change your mind. So it doesn't matter to me. But these people will push and push and push until it gets escalated. Now, as I've said, I don't react. I don't use emotions when I'm arguing. I keep it at about this tone. But I will give you facts. I will contradict what you have to say. Because if you have the audacity to come up and lie or just be ridiculous or give me conspiracy theories, I can't help it. I've got to say something. I can't let you say this to me and make you think that I'm buying into it. See, that's what they want. They want you to acquiesce and just say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the moment I contradict what they say, then it gets heated and, as I say, more escalated. And then when it gets more escalated, then they start yelling and screaming. But when it all comes down to it, then they say, it's your fault, my fault. Because I started it. Well, I didn't start it. Or they'll say, you're just crazy. You're just getting butthurt. I go, no, I'm not. I'm just telling you the facts as I know them. See, that's what they do. They try to twist it and put it on you. This all could have been avoided with a little civility. You know how I think. I know how you think. Let's talk about the grandkids. Fuck politics because we're at a party This really doesn't matter right now. You know you can't change my mind. I know you can't change your mind based on what I tell you. So why fucking bother? Why bother with it? But you see, there are some people out there that feel that they have to get their point across. And if they know you think differently than than, uh, they do, they want to own you. They want to prove you wrong or make you look stupid. It's something they need to do. Now, in terms of Trumplicants, I don't need to make them look stupid. I will interact with them if they interact with me. I will say what I say that I know is true, but I don't typically call out individuals because there's no money in it. There's no value in it. It doesn't work, and it doesn't make my point any better. I just make my points like I'm legally allowed to do by my First Amendment right, but these people want to stop it. They want to argue with me. So my point is, is that at some point in life, I mean, prior to Donald Trump's presidency, the 
amount of time I spent talking about politics with friends, family, or neighbors was maybe 1%, and it was pretty, pretty generic, you know? Even those people that disagreed with me, it was never a big thing, not worth the argument. You know, people may be held back because they were trying to be civil, trying to be decent people. But for whatever reason, nowadays, people don't care. They're walking into stores without a mask looking for a fight. They're going to airports trying to do and say things they shouldn't do when security is important. And they think they have some right to do whatever they want to do. Now, the Constitution does give us rights. There's no question about that. But it doesn't give us the right to do absolutely fucking anything we want. And sometimes that's what these people think. I remember I had an argument one time with uh, a gentleman. This is back when I was doing traffic reporting. And I also did a show where I interviewed different people like like state troopers and that sort of thing, talking about traffic and construction and all that sort of thing. And I was telling people, we're talking about speed limits, and I was talking about a frustration I had. When I go home from work, when I went from home home from work at this particular time, I have to go up a left lane because I'm going to curve to go west to go home. Now, I'm in the left lane. I'm a traffic reporter. I talk to the state patrol all the time. I try to drive the speed limit. Last thing I need to have happen is the traffic guy that everybody listens to gets a speeding ticket or whatever. So I drive the speed limit. Now, people got very frustrated about that, that I had the audacity to drive the speed limit in the left lane. Well, I had to be in the left lane at least most of the time until I made this curve to go west. When I got into the westbound lanes, I moved over to the right because I know people like to blast past me. But I had a conversation with a gentleman on the phone on this show. And he said to me, he said, if you're driving the speed limit in the left lane, you're the problem. You're going to cause accidents. You can get a ticket for that. I said, well, that's just not true. That's not true. I said, I get in the right lane when I can, but when I can't, I'm going to be in the left lane and I'm going to go the speed limit. And he says, that's wrong. I said, no, it's not. It's not fucking wrong. And he said, listen, when I'm in the left lane, I can go as fast as I feel is safe. I said, well, that's absolutely wrong. That's not true. (laughs) That's bullshit. I mean, the speed limit is the speed limit. Yes, slower traffic should be in the right lane. But just because you're in the left lane doesn't mean you get to exceed the limit. Unless maybe you're passing somebody or something, they'll let you get away with it. But you don't get to have free reign by driving in the left lane. Well, now this upset the guy. So what does he do? I'm working with a Department of Transportation. He goes to the commissioner's office and says, I'm spewing out wrong stuff. I'm a bad guy because I said these things. So it comes down the chain, and my boss's boss, who's a friend of mine, calls me into his office and says, what did you say to this guy? The commissioner called me about this, and he's very upset that you're being mean and, 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 and telling him things that aren't true. He said, 
what did you say? I said, well, I can play you the tape if you'd like. And basically, I was saying that if you're in the left lane, you don't have free reign to drive as fast as you want. You've got to still comply with the speed limits. That's the rule. And uh, my boss's boss looked at me and says, well, that's true. I go, I know it's true. It's a pretty simple fucking law. I said, so why am I here? If I'm telling somebody the truth and they just don't like to hear it, why am I here? Now, he didn't really know what to say to me. And I like this guy. We were friends. And he said, well, just try to be nicer about it. I said, I wasn't the one not being nice. It was the guy who thought he was entitled to drive as fast as he fucking wanted. So the next week, I did another show, and I brought a state trooper in, and we talked. And I said, hey, I've got this argument with one of the listeners. (laughs) I said, if you're in the left lane, can you drive as fast as you want? He looked at me kind of weird. He said, no, of course not. I said, then why do people think they can? He said, well, that's a good question. But the speed limit is the speed limit. You can't exceed the speed limit legally under any circumstances. And I said, well, this guy told me that he he could drive as fast as he wanted to as long as he felt it was safe. He said, well, that's fucking ridiculous. He didn't say fucking ridiculous. I'm just adding it. But see my point here? Again, he he ended up calling (laughs) the commissioner's office, and it came back down the line again, and... and, uh, The state trooper got a call. I got a call. And, of course, this guy is wrong. But he didn't like what I had to say, even though it was true. He didn't like it because it was contrary to what he believed. Now, why he believed that, I don't know. But this is exactly what we're seeing with the Trumplicans and such. No matter what you tell them, no matter how you prove it to them, they're fucking right. And you're crazy for being wrong, and it's their job to influence you to change your mind to think like them. That's appalling. That's lack of civility. And that's something we need to look at in this country because we've got a lot of problems with it. Everybody's ready to fight, no matter where you are, in a store, in an airport, walking down the street, in your car with road rage and all this other stuff. This is probably the most important problem we have today because if we as citizens can't get along, how are we going to get anything fixed? Look at Congress. We got Republicans voting against infrastructure, the one thing we've needed for decades. But they're going to vote against it, not because it's a bad idea, but because they don't want the Democrats to win. And don't, don't, don't get me wrong, the Democrats are fully capable of doing that sort of thing, too. Everywhere you go, it's adversarial. This is a problem we need to fix. Because if we can't get along, we can't come together. And if we can't come together, we're not a nation. We're just a bunch of people on our own little solo trips demanding that everybody believe like we do. And that just can't work. It can't work at all. So I'm hoping that with the holiday season and the new year, 2022 coming, that maybe we can get a little more civility in this country. As more things come to light, as more things uh, happen for the people in this country, maybe we can all be more civil. Maybe the obvious will come to light to everybody as opposed to just a certain group. I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. We've got a long way to go and a lot of things to do to fix it. 
But I think that is probably one of the most important problems we need to address in this country now. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. The uh, big news story is this new COVID variant in South Africa. It's called, uh, what's it called? Omicron? I don't know what that means. But uh, it's a variant of COVID-19, not unlike Delta or Lambda or some of the other ones we've seen. It started out in South Africa. That's where we first heard about it. Now, apparently, it's in nine other countries, including countries in Europe. So that is problematic for us. I mean, that's how COVID-19 started. And then it came to this country, spread throughout the country, killing almost 800,000 people. So naturally, people are nervous. They're upset about it. If you turn on the media... They talk to you as if it's certain doom. We're all going to fry because of this new COVID variant. Here's the important thing you have to understand. We're very early in this process. There aren't a lot of these cases, comparatively. There's more than we want, and it is a scary situation because this particular variant seems to be more infectious and quicker Put it this way, um, the Delta variant was like 10 or 12% more infectious than COVID-19. Some people are saying that uh, this Omicron is 500% more infectious than COVID-19. Well, that's a problem. That's scary. And that's why when you turn on the media, everybody's talking gloom and doom, and it's just a matter of time. Now, I talked about this a little bit in the previous podcast, but I've got a little more information that you need to know about. Now, I'm hearing people on TikTok saying, yeah, all the people in South Africa that have this this new variant are all vaccinated, so the world is going to explode. We're all going to die. The vaccines will mean nothing. And categorically, that's bullshit. That's not true. The third largest medical uh, facility in the world is in South Africa. And they're called uh, Baraguanath Hospital. The figures they're showing for this new variant is 65% of the people who get this virus are unvaccinated. 18% of the people who get it are partially vaccinated, maybe just one vaccination of the two. And 17% of the people who get it are vaccinated. Now, that makes it a little less scary. We don't know for sure if this variant is going to be resistant to the uh, current vaccinations. We don't know that for sure yet. And that's the important thing to understand about this whole situation. Everybody's getting all worked up. They're 
preaching gloom and doom, but it's still too early to know what's going on. You remember the Lambda variant. That was a big deal for a little bit. Of course, we never heard it about it again. Uh, this might be a little more serious, a lot more serious maybe, but it's still too early. Most of the medical professionals are saying we need to wait 7 to 14 days to understand what really is going on, what this is all about. You can bet that there will be tons of testing and trying to figure out what this is and how it affects people and if the vaccination helps with it at all. Now, if the numbers I just gave you are true, then it would tell you that vaccinations are helpful. In fact, most doctors are saying it's not likely that uh, this variant would be resistant to all parts of the vaccination. It may be, at worst case, partially resistant to the vaccination, which still gives you a certain amount of protection if you're vaccinated. But we don't even know if that's true. We have no clue. The good news is, is that um, the companies that make the vaccines are studying this and uh, trying to figure out what a new vaccine would look like if needed. Now, we don't even know that it's needed, but if it's needed, what would they do and how long would it take? Well, Pfizer says it would take them 100 days to come up with another vaccine to battle this variant if necessary. Moderna says they need 60 to 90 days in order to have a vaccine for it. The other aspect of this is what we've said before in the previous podcast, that we're in a much different situation than when COVID hit because nothing was done when COVID hit. Donald Trump did absolutely nothing but deny it. That's not going to happen now. You're going to get the travel restrictions. We've got them. The vaccine does appear to have some impact on this virus. We don't know how much for sure, but the numbers I have for this short-term study tells us that the vaccine does have some impact on it. But if you watch the TV news or you listen to some politicians, they want you scared. They want you worried. They want you upset because we're doomed. We're not. Fucking relax. Just sit back, watch, and what, see what happens. Again, this goes back to what I talked about in the first, first segment. Now's not the time to react and get emotional about it. Let these people get you upset. We've come this far. We've made a lot of progress. Things do look good. Now, this variant is problematic. It could cause us some problems. It could be serious. But before we get excited about it and plead gloom and doom, let's just sit back and see what happens. I've, I've, I've told my kids this and uh, my wife and other people. Some people hear something, they get upset, and they spend two weeks being upset. And then when it comes down to it, it's not nearly as bad as what they imagined. And they're relieved and they're happy and all that stuff. But I say to them, I said, look, you spent two weeks worrying about this shit, being upset, stressing out. Doesn't it bother you that you wasted those two weeks being all stressed out for nothing? And that's what I'm trying to tell folks now. 
again, don't take my advice, just take in the information. And that's why I gave you the information that we have here. Take in the information. Think about it and react accordingly after you've done some thought. Don't get all worked up, even if the TV news tells you to get worked up. Don't get worked up yet, because it may not be necessary. They want to inflict some fear so you get excited and you watch their TV shows or whatever it is. Don't get caught up in that. This is what the media does. Not only about the virus, but about problems in government and polls and all this shit. They want you excited. They want to engage you. I worked in the uh, I worked in the business of creating and producing radio commercials. And there's one thing anybody that does that type of thing knows about being successful in it is you have to strike somebody's emotion. You got to make them happy or sad, scared, or feel powerful or do something. You have to grab an emotion in order to get their attention. Now, that's one thing in commercials, but they do it in the media. They do it on the Internet. They're trying to suck you in. And if you're afraid, they're okay with that because eventually they're going to tell you, oh, it's okay. Now you're going to look at them as heroes. But the problem is, is you've gone through days and weeks of fucking stress for no reason at all. Don't get excited yet. Let's wait and see what happens. Let's see how it all works out. Before we get excited, we may not need to be excited. It's still very early in this situation. We're sensitive because we've gone through this for 18 months and we're afraid of having to go through it again. It's not going to work that way. Everything about what we're dealing with now is different. We're more prepared. We're better better prepared to handle these situations because we have somebody and some people who are willing to handle it and do their jobs. It's not going to be like last time. We still have to be careful, but don't let them upset you and get you excited. All right, let's talk about a couple of other stupid things. (laughs) We've talked about the serious stuff. Let's talk about some stupid shit. Speaking of stupid shit, how about Kyle Rittenhouse? Well, you remember that old joke, how do you how do you confuse whoever, whatever group you want to tell the joke on? <clears throat> well, how do you confuse Trumplicans? How do you confuse them? Kyle Rittenhouse goes on trial for killing two people that were in a Black Lives Matter protest in Kenosha. He gets off scot-free, and of course the Republicans make him a hero. He went and protected somebody else's fucking business, killed some people, so he's a hero. That's the guy we like. But then Kyle Rittenhouse says a couple things that confuses them. Now they don't know how to feel. He says, well, I support Black Lives Matter. And just recently he said that he thought Lynn Wood, that crazy fucking insurrectionist lawyer that we saw tied to um, the Trump administration and spewing out this ridiculous information. His name is Lynn Wood. Well, now you see, I mean, Lynn Wood is a QAnon freak, which is part and parcel to all the trump out there that believe everything QAnon says. Well, now Kyle Rittenhouse was asked about Lynn Wood, the lawyer, the QAnon lawyer, and he says, that fucker's insane. What? <laughs> Kyle Rittenhouse, our hero, Loves Black Lives Matter, 
and thinks Lynn Woods insane. Well, Kyle Rittenhouse, as much as he is a murderer, he's on track with BLM and Lynn Wood, because Lynn Wood is fucking insane. All you have to do is listen to him. But it's funny now. Now, maybe Kyle's doing this to put him in a better situation when he gets his civil suits, or maybe he actually believes it. But this really confuses the Trumplicans. Because you got to be all in with the Trumplicans. you got to believe everything they say if you're going to be on their side. But now Kyle Rittenhouse, their hero, their murdering hero, says he thinks Lynn Wood's insane and BLM's okay. They don't have a fucking clue what to do with that. And as I've said before, that's probably going to doom Kyle Rittenhouse because now he's got no friends, nobody supporting him, nobody helping him. The Democrats certainly aren't. And now the Republicans are really confused by his comments here recently. (laughs) It's going to be fun watching these fuckers run around in a circle trying to decide whether they like Kyle Rittenhouse or not. But that's what happens. It's all about emotions with them. You believe like I believe or you're the enemy. And they don't know what to do with Kyle Rittenhouse. He's going out there killing BLM protesters. Great guy. But then he says he likes BLM and Lynn Woods insane. Fuck, that doesn't make any sense. So we're going to see how this plays out with Kyle Rittenhouse. He doesn't have much of a future as it stands. And... These recent comments doesn't help him out as much because the only people that would support him now disagree with a couple of things he says. Talking about some other nutcases, how about Mike Lindell? Mike Lindell promised a Supreme Court case by November 23rd and that the Supreme Court would overturn the Biden election 9-0. Well, there was no such court case. Yes, he had one typed out, but it was never submitted. So what the fuck is going on? I have to wonder, what do these people do when they make claims or promises something's going to happen on a certain date and it doesn't happen? The funny thing is what they do is they just make another date. They move the goalposts back. But people have got to be getting tired of Mike Lindell. He keeps promising, never delivering. And now this court case with the Supreme Court that never happened because he never submitted the court case. Donald Trump is not back in office. What's he going to go to now? Well, now he seems to be angry because he assumed all the attorney generals of all the states would sign on this lawsuit. It turns out none of them did. And why would they? It's a fucking, he's a fucking nutcase. And this whole thing is crazy and not based in law. So, of course, they're not going to sign on to it, not even the red state. And they didn't. So now Mike Lindell once again looks foolish, looks stupid, looks crazy. The interesting thing to me will be, will they still follow him? Will they still love him and believe him? See, that's the interesting thing. Mike Lindell is a nutcase. He sells fucking pillows. But these you, uh, these uh, QAnon Trumplifucks, they think he's the greatest guy in the world. Why? Because he's smart? No. Because he's saying the things they want to hear. It doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if there's any basis in fact or in law in what he says. It's what they want to hear. So they believe him. And you know what? 
now that he's failed probably four or five times, QAnon has, has not come through on one prediction, they still will believe him. That's an illness. That is a cult. That is a problem. And there's far too many of them in this country not to be concerned about it. So we'll see if Mike Lindell pushes the goalposts back. But by the time he gets to anywhere possible, it'll be 2024. And this whole idea of Trump coming back and JFK Jr. coming back will be a joke to everyone, not just the, the Democrats. Okay, the last thing I wanted to bring up. Lauren Boebert. I've talked about her before. You know, she's in some shit now because of what she said about Ilhan Omar. She thinks she's very smart. She thinks she's very clever, but she's neither. There was a video that was released where she was standing in front of a bunch of other dumb Trumplefucks, and she was telling a little story that turns out wasn't even true. She just made this up. She thought it would be funny. She told a story about her and an aide getting onto a, uh, an elevator. The aide noticed across the elevator was Ilhan Omar. And she seemed to be fearful about it. Bobert tells the story that she looked over and said, Well, she doesn't have a uh, backpack, so I think we'll be okay. And she laughed about it. Well, that's absolutely fucking racist. She's suggesting that Ilhan Omar is not only a terrorist, but a suicide bomber. It's fucking ridiculous. And it's not funny. It's simply racist or anti-Semitic or whatever you want to fucking call it. It doesn't matter. It's wrong-minded. And that's everything that comes out of Lauren Boebert's mouth. It's wrong-minded. So anyway, they, she gets a lot of backlash for this thing, and people are upset about it, and rightfully so. It is racist, it is stupid, and it's not funny. So when somebody like Lauren Boebert gets in this situation, typically they double down. They will never apologize. But somehow Lauren Boebert did apologize. Now normally, in a circumstance like this, the party leader, the uh, minority leader in the House of Representatives, Kevin McCarthy, would come out and he would give some kind of admonishment or criticize her for doing that. That's his job. Clearly, it was a stupid comment, and clearly that's what he should do. But he doesn't do that. He doesn't say a fucking word, because apparently anybody in the House of Representatives that's a Republican can say and do whatever they fucking want, and Kevin McCarthy won't do anything about it. And why? Because Kevin McCarthy is a weak-ass bitch. He wants to be the Speaker of the House, assuming the Republicans ever get control. But the fact of the matter is, there's a current Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who's an 80-year-old woman who could take him out back and whoop his ass because he's got no testicular fortitude. <laughs> a football coach at once said that. Very clever. But anyway, Kevin McCarthy, after she makes the apology, comes out and says, well, I had a talk with Lauren Boebert. Now, he didn't criticize what she said. He didn't say that it was wrong or that it was bad or that he was sorry that one of his people said that. He simply said he went and talked to Lauren Boebert and thought it would be best to hear it from her. Now, Kevin McCarthy doesn't say anything only because he doesn't want to upset Donald Trump. 
As I said, this guy's a weak-ass bitch. He doesn't run the show. Donald Trump is running the show. He's just the pawn that does whatever Donald Trump says. It's amazing to me when I look at the Republican Party just how many cowards there are in that group. There are the people that say the things they say because they want to stand by Donald Trump. There are the other people that will say negative things behind the scenes to some of the Democrats, but they won't come out and say it. And for my money, they're just as culpable. They're just as weak and just as much cowards. They're even more so cowards because they won't speak out even though they know it's wrong. And the only reason they won't, they don't want to piss off Donald Trump. They don't want to get primaried and they don't want to lose their cushy job as representative in the House of Representatives. That's frustrating. And if a person like that represents your community, I would be pissed. I would be very angry about it that they refuse to do the right thing to protect themselves when their job is to serve you. If that doesn't make you angry, nothing will. It's about time we hold our representatives responsible to do the job they were fucking elected to and hired for and get paid by us to do. It's not too much to ask to simply do their job And do it to the best of their ability. Even if it means putting their own careers, their own positions in jeopardy. We're not going to see that because there's a lot of cowards. There's cowards on the Democratic side too, don't get me wrong. But this is one of the things we need to change in our government. These people clearly don't know what their jobs are or what their job descriptions are. And we need to get that change. We need to make it clear to them. And the only way we can do that is through elections. These fucking cowards, these conspiracy theorists, we need to kick them out. Even if you're a Republican, but you consider yourself normal, you need to blow them out. Because they're making you look stupid. And they're hurting this country in the process. All right. Time's up. We are going to wrap things up here. Remember, if you have a question, comment, complaint, what have you, send an email directly to me at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer podcast, and leave a voicemail message. Always happy to hear from you. We'll be talking again real soon, so have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.